Previously on The Many Merchants of Malone. The promise of the coming calamity sends the denizens of Soleil into a storm of their own. The streets lined with opportunistic and unsavory individuals in equal parts with those just trying to survive, including Zeke, Sylvie, and Jolie, who struggle to prepare their wagons to leave on the morrow with the port warden, Roddy. Can we get uh, good to be here, but it's like everyone has to do their best version as if like the call's breaking up. My, I, I, Love that. They know already at this point. This is episode three, <laughs> so we can we can mix it up once. They don't have to understand. I am Jork Zeke. That was a that was that was a convenient one. Because you, got, you still got all the information across, which I which I think they'll appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> there's a functional reason we do this. <laughs> Here, did you guys hear me? <laughs> Hi. In. Mm. Mm. <laughs> in your wagons as they're everyone they're kind of gathering in the center of town in more of like a roundabout um it's very kind of loose right now everyone's doing like last checks and everything before presumably port warden Rody uh addresses you all before you all um set out let's get a little a little description of your wagons as they are Jolie and Diane's wagon, um, as I mentioned before, like already existed for them. They're not from Soleil. They came in maybe like five to 10 years ago, somewhere in there. So they've made a life, but they're certainly no, um, strangers to travel. Um, I said their like defining feature of their car was that it has this, it's like the first food truck. It like opens up from the inside, but it's got like one of those shelves that when you like close it and it's upright, it's a shelf. And when you put it down outward as like a serving area, it's flat. Um, So they just like have a shelf where most of their wares sit and then they open that for the day. Um, It's pretty freaking packed. It's got like a wall of casks and cheese. I think maybe it has like a lot of storage areas that are like hidden in the walls and the ceiling and in the floor and stuff. So the, the actual like living compartment is like tiny. What you can see is mostly just like their bed, which is it honestly just looks like a pile of like pillows and blankets. That's their like indulgence and a lot of herbs that they dry. Sometimes some flowers that they dry. Okay. Zeke's wagon is kind of a Frankenstein situation where the front half is a very typical, like, wooden, what you imagine if you're, like, playing Oregon Trail or whatever, like, that typical wooden cart with just soldered onto the back, a big old metal 
section. Basically, he's added an extension to the back of the wagon because I think the four should not exist in a wooden structure. So he's basically added a room to the back that is completely metal with a, a big old vent on the top where he stores like the metal and the coal and the forge itself. But the front half is a living area that he and his family want to be as like livable as possible. So while Zeke himself has a very uh, Spartan living quarters, um, his daughters share like a bunk bed on the other side that they have put up like, you know, pictures and books and decorated and made as homey as they can. And there's a big metal door in the back to metal land. Damn. You're going to need like five horses, it sounds like. Uh, it's very light and the horses are not having any trouble. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. It's big. It's big. I mean, we're going to say that you're going to be able to keep like the marching speed, but let's say if like something happens and you need to like go, you're going to yeah. have to lighten that load a bit. That's, uh, that's, that's going to be the real on that for right now. But you can travel, so that's good. Coming down the road, we have Sylvie's wagon. Uh Old Man Jeremiah's wagon was small and also was not in the absolute best state of repair. So it looks a little dingy. It looks like one of the wheels is like kind of lashed on to support it, keep it from coming loose. Um, and it sleeps Sylvie and Fabio in two bunk beds that are built in at the back. And Paz just kind of chills in a hammock that's strung along the side. It's not sorted well. There's just like stuff dumped messily and everything that couldn't fit on a floor on a flat surface inside the wagon is strapped or strung to the outside of the wagon. The biggest kind of notable feature is that it's really brightly and sort of gaudily decorated. Uh, the troop have painted it in purples and greens. They've strung silks from the eaves and attach little bells on any part that can hold a bell so that as it moves down the road, it is fluttering, it's jingling, it's bright, it's exciting, hoping to, uh, if there is any potential audience anywhere they go, they'll know that this is clearly the wagon of some fun, entertaining troupe. Love that. So you all arrive in town now, uh, quite uh, what was yesterday, largely a ghost town, everyone kind of working away and preparing in their own little nooks and crannies of Soleil. This is what's left. This is in in this small space looks like quite a bit, but I mean, you've been here long enough to know that this is kind of a, it's a sad sight. It's a final goodbye and not even with everyone. I mean, there's people that probably left in that ship that you've known for years and they kind of like left in a night without any proper goodbye. And the tone is, it's somber and it's intense as well as you guys pull up and are now kind of parked and are just waiting for everyone to be ready you hear just just keep it down all right i'm just i just need like three or four of them and then you hear uh uh, um, but I, I just, I, I, I was, I was very meticulous in, in, in the, in the amount that, 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 that I was bringing. I, I, I just, I, I, I would happily give, I just don't, I don't have any more to give. Chorley, uh, and her wagon, which is, uh, the, the tops are like covered in vines that are like, it's, it, it has like an overgrown aesthetic, but it's clear to you that these are like, she's just tried to replant and take care of as many of these like various plants and fruits that she's had. So like as much as it's like this really cool viney aesthetic, you understand that it's like, that's the only way like, oh, like there's another, I could fit it here. I could, I could drape it over the roof. Like it's a, all 
kind of just like dragging on the on the ground. Uh, it just is this very haphazardly tossed together thing of 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 vines and leaves and fruit and various like herbal remedies and stuff. And um, uh, a man named Brent, who's uh, one of the more kind of, well, actually you don't really know him in terms of uh, living in Soleil. Uh, Brent is someone that usually comes uh, as like a hired hand uh, during the uh, coastal eclipse. He presumably just missed his ride off the island. And he is pushing Charlie out of the way and taking fruit out of her cart quite loudly. Um, and you hear Plume, the little the little guy, you know, trying to interfere and, and help Charlie. And he kind of just swats Plume away like a little fly that's annoying him. And oh, that well, hey, now. Well, I mean, he's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he takes the fruit and uh, walks back to his 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 wagon. No, no, he doesn't because we interfere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jolie would. Would anyone else? Um, if we're just waiting, if we're like literally pulling up and just like securing shit, and we're like walking around, I mean, yeah, it's Charlie. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's so sweet. Can I try like, something? Yeah. I'd love for you to try something. Throw a sphere through his chest. <laughs> That's not what I want to try. I Put feel him like on the forge. <laughs> I feel like that might be what you. Oh, no, no, it's, it's a metal forge, not, a, not a, a flesh forge. Um, what I want to do is use my move, um, Dad. Um, and go up to this. <laughs> it's true. Read the sheet <laughs> and go up to this guy who I who I witness happening and say, Brent, is it? Mm-hmm. You know, all these people, we're going to be traveling together for minimum a week, I believe. Do you really want to start off on this foot? Uh, okay, he steps up to you and stares you sternly eyes and says, yeah, yeah, I think I think I do. And how do you think that's going to go if you immediately make enemies with the people who you're traveling with? Okay, well, he looks around um after you say that, I mean, if you were to, too, you would see, you know, like Nikolai and Cheyenne, the classic look away as soon as eyes come to them. They all seem fairly like fairly intimidated. And he takes a bite of one of these fruits and he goes, well, it's going pretty well so far. While they're having this conversation, Jolie's been looking for Roddy. You don't see any problem with a. Alienating everyone around you. Like, is everyone hearing you? Or are you trying to be? I'm not being quiet. He looks to Tulip. Tulip has like, th- like two or three wagons. I'm gonna say two, and they're like loaded. And he has like Dor, who's his main right hand man, and like three other hired people. And he looks over, and Tulip kind of gives a shrug. Is kind of like, I don't really care. <laughs> oh, he's not the only person. I look around to see you're getting roadie. Yeah. I look around to see what to check in with you. Am I back? Did I find Roddy? Yeah, I mean Roddy's been watching this. You would find Roddy just outside um, by by tulips, kind of which has right now not like a a huge advantage over all of this, but is like outside of this circle of, of wagons. And I mean, you are you trying to like come up and be like, hey, like this is happening? Because I mean. She's seen what's happening. Jolie is like, hey, I know this isn't really a big deal right now, 
But if you don't want like general descent and chaos to descend on this caravan immediately, you should probably set people straight off the top. And like right now, Zeke and I are here to help you do it. Uh, she's like, I appreciate it, but don't tell me how to do my job. I'm going to tell you how to do yours. And she walks past you and she goes over to Zeke's wagon and she's going to go in the back and she's going to pull out a big old hammer or a small hammer, something that you got laying around, whether you got, if you got your big on one on my list, you. I said big hammer. She pulls out a big hammer. And Roddy walks right on over to Brent's wagon and with one big swing smashes out the entirety of the back wheel and then goes to the front and smashes out the entirety of the big wheel. And the thing kind of topples over on its side with like all of its belongings kind of shifting under its own weight now. And Brent is in a, you know, now in a, this is not the attention that now he wanted. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing to my wagon? And uh, in classic Roddy fashion, except this time with like this big hammer, like slugs him right across the job. Classic Roddy. And he like collapses like dead. Oh, like he's fully dead. <laughs> she killed him. <laughs> she killed him. It's kind of obviously a bit of a, a bit of a mixed reaction, a bit of a, you know, a little bit of an inhale of breath moment for all of you. And this seems like a prime opportunity for her to then address this. There is no room in this caravan for anyone that's going to be selfish. This is going to be a treacherous journey and everyone must listen and abide and work together or we won't make it to the other end. We're not going to tolerate any infighting, thievery, or any other devious behavior. We're all in this together, and if we aren't, and she just kind of lets the end of the hammer kind of fall towards the, the corpse of Brent. Yeah, so, so, so what just happened is I was like having a conversation with a guy, yeah. yep. and the leader of our guard just came over, smashed him in the face right in front of me well, in no, the middle of the conversation I was having with him. And so I, I have that to deal with now. Presumably <laughs> it was slightly, your mid conversation, she breaks the wheels. He's going to be like, what's going on? Like go past you. But yeah, I mean, more or less. Yeah. So I'm not feeling awesome. Um, I just the wanted to be- okay, uh, no, Jory, she good. didn't hit the horses. No, um, I, Jory, am very happy about that. Um, Zeke, the character, is a little bit dealing with this whole thing that just happened. I don't know Fair. if he's much of a murder murder guy. I don't know if he's much of a murder liker. I don't know if it's Roddy's place to uh, kill people with impunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to add that Jolie specifically goes to Brent's body and, like, throws Charlie the fruit back. I don't think like she's thankful, but I think like she's also a bit shaken up, right? Because she feels at least partially responsible. She like nods to you in an obvious like affirmation and I think of it, but is kind of just then like sits up at the reins and is just like waiting to leave. Right. I think Sylvie sees an opportunity here. Uh, what what you can learn by observing this, what the troop learns by observing this, is that this is. This is the first day of school. This is show people who you are and do what you can to get what you need to get. Yeah. 
Uh, Sylvie and the troop want to start looting Brent's wagon. He's dead. Yeah. And um, taking good stuff for themselves, but handing out things to other wagons as like a show of like, right, we're all in this together. Here's this. You need this. Here's this. Like distribute the supplies. I feel like um, that after this display is definitely largely um, appreciated uh, when you, because you're kind of just going to everyone. Yeah, it's, I think with the, with the tone and with the message of like, that was a lot. I don't know if we needed to handle it that way, but the core of what she said that if we fight amongst ourselves, this whole thing's going down is true. So here's something that Brett's not going to use anymore that I think we can use to go forward together. Great. So you, you disperse it to a lot of the other people and they appreciate it. Tulip is kind of like, I don't need this shit. I don't give people stuff I don't think they need. Right. Um, but when you get to Nikolai and Cheyenne, they also turn it down. But the thing that you'll notice quite easily, or even just had a cursory look, is that they're like underprepared. Like they have like some food and stuff, but like, I mean, it's being pulled by a fucking donkey. And it, that's to say that they're going to keep pace with you, but they have so little that they only need this one donkey to, it's basically just like a bed and some food. What are you going to do down the road? What? Uh, how are you going to get along with no food, no supplies? <laughs> oh, well, Boris has always gotten me where I need to go. How are you? How are you going to? Well, I'm going to find opportunities where I can. That's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. I might encourage you to do the same. This isn't going to be a pleasure cruise. <sighs> no, but look at each other. When you get as old as we have, you, you've seen some difficult times. We know a way around. You'll see. In fact, I advise you to uh, not take more than what you need. I suppose that's fair enough. Um, if you change your mind, I'll hang on to this for you. Well, I appreciate it, but I think we'll be all right. She smiles, shrugs, sends back to the wagon. Those guys are fucking weird. Don't, don't want food, don't want supplies. Okay. They have some. That's, uh... Oh, can I do, can we do... Sorry, can I? May I, sir? Please? The Winds of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> Technically a new session. The Winds of Fate. Roar. What's the number, Jory? It doesn't matter. You you incurred them by... Uh... <laughs> Twelve. That's for the negative. The positive winds of fate. The number is twelve. Three. Uh, you may. Well, just that. Um, I as we grow, like I still have had barely any conversation with either of these other two main PCs. Um, so in the in the act of cleaning up this stuff, um, one of the last things I do is I bring the hammer that Roddy used back to Zeke. Yeah, um, Zeke. I I really don't think he's doing well with the whole murder. Situation. This doesn't bode well. This is good. I'm not well. I like am pale and a little on edge. And when you give me the hammer, I like mutter a thanks and I put it down and I say to you, I I, I get what you're doing, but don't you feel a little strange? He just he just passed minutes ago going through his stuff. Zeke, right? Yes, yeah, Zeke. You've lived in Soleil a long time, right? I'm born and raised. Running your shop. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't just pass Zeke. Roddy took a hammer and knocked him clear to the ground and down to hell. I... And I don't mean to upset you, but 
I think it's good if you know a little bit about what Roddy's like and about what we can look forward to on this road. It seems to me that Brent shouldn't have stolen from uh, from that poor girl. This isn't. This doesn't bode well for the uh, for the morale. You're right. That's um. You're right. That was hard to see. Uh, I didn't like it any more than you did. Maybe that was Roddy's way of showing us uh, what we're in for. I I don't mean to argue with you. Obviously, you're just doing the best with what we have. But I can't help but think a slap on the wrist would have sufficed. I might have said the same. Can you defend yourself when push comes to shove? I'm no slouch. I didn't mean to imply. Just, you know, a life in the forge. I'm sure you've got uh, some great strength behind your hammer, but... uh, You've never used it against a person. I don't see what the point of using it against a person is unless you this really have to. might be a lot of unless. And we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I don't think that was it. No. And I'm not trying to defend what you did. Just... If, if this is going to affect you as much as it has... Take what precautions you need to to be affected regularly. Oh, I'll take a, a, a breather right now, and I'm sure I'll be fine on the road. You talk about morale, keeping people's spirits up. I agree that's important. That's my line of work. I'm an entertainer. I like to make people smile as much as I can. Maybe we can think of something we can do to uh, lift the mood. Later on. You have daughters, right? They're young? Almost, almost not so young, but they're, they're about 17. They might like to, to dance along or, or play in our shows? With your permission, of course. If I can read the scripts first, maybe I'll, I'll see if, they, if they're interested. They're not usually written down. Maybe we can do a, a rehearsal. They might like that. Um, she stands and she crosses out the wagon. And as she goes, she says, maybe I sound a little pragmatic and maybe that's just how I am. But it was good of you to stand up to him and defend Chorley. And we'll need people with those kinds of values and instincts if we're going to make this through. I appreciate it. Good luck out there. Likewise, friend. <sighs> That's either the trumpet to go or a third new wind of fate. <laughs> it is Please the, no more former, the former. It is a loud horn sounds sibling. It is time to depart that roadie up at point as blowing for you all to leave. Are we all ready to depart Soleil forevermore? One last look back, one look forward at the uh, violent psychopath who is leading our caravan. But when there's nowhere else to go, you go forward. Um, Okay, Uh, so we're we're set to say goodbye. Uh, What I need from you guys, and you can, I will give you 
the list of the NPCs and you have to talk about what your marching order is. And yes, it does matter. Roddy is at the front. Um, beyond that, you can pretty much do what I'm going to let you guys do whatever you want. I mean, it, in world, it's not like you guys are demanding what happens. Uh, but as players, I'm going to guys give you guys kind of the option. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's obviously all of your wagons. And then there is Tulip's two wagons. Both the Tulips are like, in terms of, hey, I wanted to rob these people and take all the most valuables. They would definitely be the ones that are the shiniest. However, they're also, because of that, the ones that are the best guarded. He has, like I said, Door and like, I'm going to say three other hired goons who, again, are like actually fighters. Um, so you can kind of cost benefit that. Like it draws attention, but it's also got... If you're near him, there's also potentially these people that could help you. Theoretically, there is um, Nikolai and Cheyenne pull, being pulled by Boris. Um, there is Ben and his daughter, Carla's, who um, is someone that Eli ran into. Uh, then there is Chorley with Plume. I believe that's it. I don't think I'm leaving anyone else out. That is your, your caravan to date. All right, so we got Roddy, Sylvie, Ben, Nick and Cheyenne, uh, Jolie, Charlie, Tulip, Zeke. That is uh, the Many Merchants of Maloons marching, Many Merchants of Maloons marching mortar. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. You guys say your goodbyes to Soleil. And when you look back at it through the gates of the town, which a lot of you also infrequently pass perhaps for some of you this is the first time even going beyond these borders it's not the town you once knew you know in your time there not only did that sinkhole come and already decimate a portion of the town but now as you leave it's a ghost town and one that is beaten and battered at that um, it's an eerie sight and you go through the gates though with still perhaps a sigh of relief that you're leaving that version of Soleil behind you. With it, the version that you remember fondly, but you all know innately that that home that you once knew, for better or for worse, is no more. Help! Already? Help, help! Help! You see... A very flashily dressed man running down the road. His wardrobe, turquoise as it is, is quite disheveled and torn. His face is bloody and he continues to scream, Help me! Oh God, help me! Help! I rob him. <laughs> no, okay. I take a hammer from Zeke's leg. <laughs> I pull a Roddy. Um... Well, what's Roddy's literally in the front, so she's the first person that interacts. Is she look like she's kind of trying to stop? Yeah, she will signal for you guys to stop, or or rather, just like she probably stops and then it starts a traffic jam. Yeah, he he runs to the front. I mean, do you guys want to see what's going on, or are you gonna say your wagons? I want to I want to definitely gather out an eavesdrop, but Roddy has like one hundred percent positioned herself like undisputably as the authority of these of this caravan. So if someone has like business with the caravan. I can't presume they talk to anyone besides Roddy because she's the fucking one with the killing hammer. Oh, interesting. Okay, I love that. Don't you think? I think that's a totally 
that's totally valid. Absolutely. I think um, Jolie probably sees herself as like, I will defer to Roddy in in terms of most things, but I think like there are like like with the fire, there are things that I know that Roddy would probably defer to me to. So I think maybe like Jolie feels that it's a little bit more even than Sylvie might, but I still am like right, Roddy's dealing with this. Okay. Zeke doesn't trust Roddy as far as he can throw her. He's gonna eavesdrop as like Roddy patrol. All right, you all huddle around the back of Roddy's <laughs> yeah, fucking seriously. wagon. I think lots of whoever's curious goes out and like gathers, but Roddy is the speaks for the caravan. So he he's a distance away. It's almost like a Monty Python bit of like help, help, and he's still like a hundred meters. But he eventually arrives, and he's all out of breath, and he's like, <sighs> "Have they left the the ships?" And so I was on Rodolo's, Rodolo's ship. Am I too late? Oh, God, I'm too late. Way too late, buddy. I hand him a canteen of water. He's slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me. Um, You're they, three days late. They, they attacked us on the road. Um, oh, I, didn't, I didn't make it in time. Oh. Hold on, uh, who attacked you? Oh, I have to sit down. I have to sit down. I, I don't... What? Who attacked you? I don't... No. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Marlin the Merchant. <laughs> Sorry, I said that wrong. I'm Marlin the Magician. My demeanor changes appropriately yeah. as he's recontextualized. <laughs> yeah. He's also, he's a magician merchant, you know. A, little, a magician. Right. Well, he's kind of got that passive income. He's, he's, he like drop ships on the side for passive income. Um, yeah. Uh, and Roddy's kind of like, relax, relax. You said you don't know who attacked your wagon. No. Um, uh, Highwaymen, I don't I don't know. There's all kinds of unsavory individuals on the road. Oh god, please do that. You have to take me with you, please. Please? 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 Were you traveling with anyone else? Yeah, that was that was that was like that was like god, there was fourteen of us. How many wagons? Three. How far up the road? How long have you been running? Uh, a couple days. A couple days. Did you say you were with Bredolo's people? A couple of days, you stopped, went to sleep, woke back up, and was like, <laughs> help, 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 help. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yes. Is he, he didn't leave? He, he did. He left uh, during the storm, but they did make it through. Um, what is your business? Besides magic, I guess. You met a magician? What kind of magician? Like, like tricks? He's <laughs> very offended. <laughs> Do you like gay little lockets? Or like- <laughs> you just did the, you just did the, you just did the, oh. Oh, oh you're an actor? What have you been in? Yeah. That's, what you just, that's what you just did. Because I was watching uh, King of Tulsa on Netflix. Are you in like that? Magic. Yeah, are you in that? Yeah. I, I don't like magic as the character trait. Wow. Um, he doesn't say that. That's just a thing about my character. Uh, no, that's totally valid. Um, he's asking you guys, will you take him? Yeah, there's two things here. There's 
can this guy be of use to us? Can we take on additional bodies if they can't be of use to us? B, there's enough highwaymen to take out 14, 13 merchants two days up the road. They could be coming this way. Potentially a big threat on the horizon. Um, I would ask in a less shitty way (laughs) than Zeke did. And I would say, you call yourself Marlin the Magician? That's right. What what kind of magic exactly are you talking about? I don't know much about it. He waves his hands and like just three little pops of tiny light come out. And they're they're tiny. It's like it's like it's like someone flicked on a flashlight on and off really quick, but like without a flashlight <laughs> three times. So, so like, you have like something up your sleeve. He he he, he doesn't have they're ripped. It's magic. He's doing a cantrip. Dancing lights or some shit. If he's showing us flashy lights, Sylvie quirks an eyebrow and says, Do you ever perform on the stage? <laughs> That's quite a quite an arresting ability you have. Well, that's what my fans say. Yes, of course. Wow. Marlon the Magician is known across all of, all of Maloon and beyond. I am a traveling performer. I am a traveling performer as well, though not one blessed with such gifts as you. I'm, uh, I'm a dancer, and I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. My name's Sylvie. Oh, Sylvie. Um, well, once again, Marlon. The magician. The magician. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, that was a nice distraction. Um, can you help me? <laughs> Somebody please fucking help yes, me. Yeah, we just... In Soleil, the ships left, but the eclipse closed sooner than anyone thought. And there was a fire. There isn't much left of Soleil now. Most have fled. And so have we. We're headed east towards Astra. You're going back that way? That was our intention. He kind of just like sits in that for a sec. And Roddy actually is like, okay, get on. And invites uh, him onto her wagon. He seems nice. I actually thought he would like bunk with you. but I was working up to that. Yeah. But also we can continue to work up to that. Yeah. Hey, what's your fucking problem? (laughs) (laughs) No, really. I don't know him. I don't trust him. Okay. Hmm. He's a magician? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, that's why. Not because he's a random guy on the side of the road. He said he knew Rodolo. I I know him. I don't trust him. That's that's true. Rodolo did stiff (laughs) Zeke. You got fucked over by Rodolo, legendary hero of the seas? lucky to get fucked over by him oh my god (laughs) i wish i could hey you my parents sold me to (laughs) rodolo rodolo owes me what like 20 how much money does he owe me it's a lot that's so much food that's so much fucking food yeah rodolo owes me 35 gold pieces i'm not the biggest fan that's enough to put anyone in a bad mood what about the second part of what he said highwayman two days up the road (laughs) How about we stop belittling his profession and instead talk about the murder that transpired? I think he gave us a lot of information that's worth talking about, but that's just me. Like you don't, we don't have to do scenes if you don't want to. <laughs> He's literally like, these people have murdered me in the direction you're going. 
two days up the road, so when we make camp, we'll still be a day away, and we can talk about it and get more information about it from him. What if they're moving west? What do we have in terms of defenses? Of Roddy. Roddy's one beautiful woman with a <laughs> blood-stained hammer. We also have, uh, we have tulips, people. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you, I ain't no slouch. So go forward, and if we if we meet any trouble, match it with our own. Nice. I love that if we die, we die mentality. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'd love to like Hold think on. about. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I ask Marlon, how did they ambush you? Did you stop? Was there something in the road? He's like he's like getting under Roddy's wagon, and you're asking him what? Sorry. Well, yeah, like, Sylvie brings up a good point, so I stop him as he's getting on and say, hold up, like, how did they, how did, how did they ambush you? Like, were you stopped for the night? Was there a tree in the road? Like, what did they do? They, they, they seemed really nice at first, and then they just came out, they, they wanted to see my, my magic, and I started to show them, and I don't know if it was because I wasn't doing a good job, or because, I think it was because they always wanted to, but they, they just attacked us and and we were surrounded and we we, we weren't ready for it at all and, and and we weren't really fighters i mean we had some with us but uh we I mean, we were merchants so um uh did they have anyone you thought could be a leader do you remember what any of them looked like uh the, the, the i i i only remember uh the, the the big the biggest one um um a, 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 a very tall uh a tiefling fellow um who, who who came over? Um, um, he 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 was actually uh, uh, rather reasonable at first, and 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 then um, the rest of them they just like 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 hungry wolves just descended upon us, and you, and you couldn't keep them in check anymore. And 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 I don't I don't um I think um I would like to um forego any uh, uh, further. Uh, inquiries right now um i'm i'm gonna sleep on not dirt right now um and if you have any other concerning questions um please um just hold them thank you marlin it sounds like you've had a a trying time get some rest thank you so so much i guess i look at sylvie and jolie's like well it sounds like we could be okay if we just keep going. I mean, there's probably good stuff in his carts, but it sounds like we just have to pass it up. You think they'd still be there? Yeah, oh, why wow. wouldn't they have these people who chunked them already have taken everything? That's true. They might have, they probably have taken everything. But a either way... with a pack of bandits. They're either still there, or we'll cross them sooner, or, or we're traveling in the same direction, so they're ahead of us. So we'll p- cross them in... Two days or less, or we'll cross them. Those are all the options. Like, it's I most likely. I imagine Jordan is setting this up for us to never cross them. They're just a little bit ahead of us the whole time. And there are rivals. Mm-hmm. Like, so if we keep stops to a minimal in the next two days, we should be okay. Maybe we should uh, make sure every wagon's got someone on watch. I guess that's all we can do right now. Jolie kind of like stretches her arms a little and walks back towards her wagon. See, Zeke? There's going to be a lot of problems. I need do a straight dice roll. It's like you're traveling. Ten. Ten. Nine. 
So average. Uh, <laughs> Mid AF. Can... Oh, actually. Me and Jolie are perfectly matched in every way. If we ever got into a fight, it would just be like our fists yeah, would hit yeah. each other. Okay, uh, so this is it. You guys have actually now actually made some real grounds because you were rudely interrupted by by Marlon on the on the way there. But now you're actually getting away. Soleil has pretty much gone away from you at this point, and now you are in the. Um, the like flatlands. It's actually probably quite beautiful to you. It's like it's like prairie land. It's like very grassy hills, um, kind of dewy because of the perpetual rain that is falling, um, and it's overcast. Like it's 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 not a bad day as far as Milan goes, um, and because of the fair conditions, as um, you, Jolie, and Sylvie are on the wagon going you uh, spot something off the side of the road. You see something kind of kind of shimmering. Seems like open prairie land. Chill. Yeah, take a look. Just a look. Just a little look. So you like hop off and have a look at it? You don't have to get yeah. close. Okay. So you go over and you see a little uh, red gem that is just like kind of in the in the dirts and a little bit covered by some grass. I take it. Uh, as you grab, you pull at it, and it doesn't come out. It's it's like stuck in the ground. Got me. Idiot. Um, with my heel, I kick at the earth around it, trying to loosen it and pull out the gem. Uh, okay, you smash the gem because it is just kind of decoration. You quickly realize that it's not like a gem of value. However, in doing so, you uncover that the gem and the reason it was stuck is that there is a little case that's been buried in the ground here. I pull out the case. You pull out the case and you can just open it up. And if you open it up, you will see inside various little notes, um, but perhaps, yes, but perhaps more um, importantly, some dried rat. Actually? Food. Yep. You get one day of food. Cool. I would take it to, um, I mean, I'll keep the rat for the troop, and I'll take the um, notes to Paz, who's the more thinky of the troop, and see if he can make any sense of them. Okay. Do you want him to go over them now, or just like to... As like an ongoing, like if if it's long to read, then he spends his time reading it. If it's like, there's treasure right here, he says that to me. Uh, okay, at a, like a cursory glance, it's like it is uh, a man that's like talking about his own little journey outside of Soleil to try and like go live with the dwarves in their their caves. He's like very interested in their society. That's like what it seems to be depicting um, from just like the first little bit. Yeah, so it know. could have like descriptions of the area, say, around us. Mm-hmm. Or down the road or whatnot. Okay, so you guys make your way further down the road and you're coming towards a little bit more of like a canopied area. It goes from like grassy plains to after you crest over a hill, there's like a small little, it's not like a forest, it's just like some trees. This is like a man-made little farmhouse place and uh, there's clearly like a few people that live here, but as you expect outside of Soleil and other major cities, it's usually pretty desolate. Um, and as you're coming up, there is a old man. He doesn't beckon Roddy, kind of probably because of the somewhat intimidating presence. 
However, he does beckon you, Sylvie. Uh... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's as simple as he's just asking for food. He's like, he's clearly quite thin and um, is struggling perhaps to maintain this land. Maybe there, I mean, you don't know the whole story, but maybe there was someone else that was helping him maintain this land and now there isn't. It just seems like what was perhaps previously a good prosperous farm has gone to just like overgrown weeded crops and he's just asking you for food. Why don't you and I make a little deal? Uh, I have some food I'm happy to share with you, but I need you to tell me about who lives around here and if you've seen a tiefling with some other men. Well, not a lot of people live around here. Um, A tiefling, you say? We have reports of another caravan being attacked not two days ago. I've 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 heard some some murmurings about a, a large tiefling fella just about a half day down the road. That's where they make their that's where their their, their stomping ground is. They uh, people say they're an unsavory bunch, and and they've done some unsavory things to be sure. But um, you know, out here in the plains, it's it's a, it's a tough time, and um. I, I, I just, I don't want to say too much. I want to persuade him. I want to say, it is tough times around here, and I promise you, we're not here to seek retribution or anything like that. We simply want to make sure we know exactly what we're getting into down the road. It's only fair, right? Okay, roll me the, roll me the check. Persuading him attack. That is a twenty-six. Nice. So sorry, you're being you're basically being like we're not we're not trying to bring them harm. We just need to know what we're in for. Yeah, if he's worried about like this getting back to him or whatever, like it's not like that. But you're telling me there's some like characters up ahead. Anything you could tell us that we could know could you know save our lives. His name is Carmong. Well, he's an outcast, and 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 he had to find a way to survive out here, and. Yes, it's true that they've, as I said, done some unsavory things, but they try to be, not take more than what they need. It's just that of late, he's had more mouths to feed. And while last I heard, and I don't know, that some plague has come across his, his men. And it's, well, it's, started to turn him mad. I I don't know anything other than that. I haven't seen him in a, a very long time. She's, uh, she's a little affected by this. She looks down and she says, I know what it's like to have to do things you rather wouldn't to keep food in your belly. Thank you for sharing this with me. Nods. I give him the dried rat I found earlier. Okay, minus one entire day's worth of food. <laughs> I mean, easy come, easy go. Right. I want to relay this information to Roddy. Okay. 
Uh, there's his known to be camping anywhere as near as half a day away. And he has a pack of men. And more importantly, they're sick. If they get close to us, if they touch us, they could get us sick too. We need to do everything we possibly can to keep our distance from these people. And if we have any like curatives, if, if Jolie or Chorley have any ability to help with that, uh, we need that on deck. Okay. You relay that information slash I assume really everyone gets that information. So you, you guys, you guys saddle back up and you keep, you keep moving. So based off your marching order, Zeke and only Zeke make me a perception check. Do you know how bad I did last time? This is getting dramatic. I'm getting excited by this. this. I feel like I'm playing Dark Souls. Whoo, yay, 19. You see this old man. Um, You're not entirely sure maybe what's going on, but you see him walk up to the back of Jolie's wagon and uh, he swipes his hand across it. And then he comes back and he sits where he was. It's a very quick little... Interaction. That okay, is. I go look at what that was. He's like marking it to be like for the caravan. He's getting watery shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is it? Zeke takes a look. Are you gonna like give the reins to one of the girls and like run up to it? Or are you yeah, gonna try and yeah, stop yeah. the whole? Like, I'll give the reins to Hilda and I'll like I'll run o- run over. It's not moving that fast, is it? Huge caravan. Yeah, no, no, no. It's slower than. Fiona. No, you're good. Like yeah. you can you could walk up to Roddy's and talk. It's fine. Yes. Okay, you walk up and you're trying to just examine the... Yeah, I want to see what he did. Um, You see a red smear of paint along the back of Jolie's wagon. Zeke will run back to this old man um, and ask him straight up, Hey, uh, sir, um, what did you just do to my friend's caravan? Sorry, so you're basically being like, yo, what's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal? He doesn't hold your eyes and he just eats this 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 piece of rat. <laughs> Disgusting. Like he's 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 purposefully ignoring you right now. A snap in his face. He gives you his eyes. I asked you a question. What did you just mark my friend's caravan with? Uh, he kind of like shrinks in his posture to give you. Um, I wasn't entirely forthright. Um, I, I just it was to to give you all safe passage. Then why are you being so squirrely about it? Can you see if he's lying? Um, yeah, can I? <laughs> yeah, you can do insight. Six. He seems like a pretty earnest fella. I don't trust this guy. I'm gonna go back and wipe that mark off in Julie's wagon, mm-hmm. and I'm going to run up to Sylvie, who, did I see Sylvie talking to him? Yeah, presumably, yeah. Yeah, so I run up to Sylvie, hop into your caravan, and I ask, what did that guy say to you? He told me more about the men who ambushed Marlin. He said the tiefling who leads them is called Carmong. But he said they're not all bad, they're just desperate to to make a living like we are well he uh after you talked to him he marked jolie's wagon and when i asked him about it he uh was acting very weird he said it was a mark not to harm us but i don't trust it 
I think he's marked Julie's wagon because she has food in there. Uh, and we should make sure she doesn't get hurt. It's true. Protecting her is really important. We need that food. But he told you it was to keep us safe? Yeah, but he said it like after I asked him several times and he was like, mm, it was you know, he didn't, he wasn't forthcoming with it. He was very stingy with the information he was trying to help us. I found I had to work to pry any answers out of him as well. But that doesn't mean they're lies. I think we should talk to Tulip about lending one of his men to uh, Jolie for the next couple days. If she's granted and all of us safe passage, then there's no harm. And if she is a target, then she's well defended. Precisely. Will Tulip go for it, taking a man off his wagons? He might ask for something in exchange. He always does. I know him well enough. Let's go pay him a visit. Uh, okay, how about, because uh, we're going to be getting to first night, which seems like a good maybe setting for that, because you guys are going to set up camp. So, that's the camp horn. Mm-hmm. It's, camp, it's camp time. What's for dinner? Cheese. Um, you guys pull about and you make like, um, what's kind of classic, like making a circle. It's both for, yeah, you know, Hey, we're all here, but also that's also like a defensive thing. Uh, as you guys set up camp and it's kind of like, you know, um, the sun is setting crusting over on a hill. You will see a figure watching you all set up camp. Over the great and vast landscape, there are scarce few things that have been seen by you at this point in the journey. The beautific sunset made sinister. As the sun sets in the distance, it feels like the imposing finger watching you a great distance away casts an eternal shadow that encroaches on your haven. You can never know what is behind the eyes of who is watching you. But in this place, at this time, you fear the worst. Thank you for listening to this episode of Many Realms. This has been our fourth installment of The Many Merchants of Maloon. If you want to join us for the whole ride, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can learn more about us by following us on Twitter or Instagram at The Realmscast. Or if you want to support us financially, you can follow us on patreon.com slash many realms.